You're gonna wanna get a notepad ready because today's episode is going to provide you with the top strategies for getting started with creating an online course. Chatting with the co-creator of a course creating platform today, I'm going to dive deep onto everything from deciding if online courses are even right for your business, determining between mini courses or a signature course, how to validate the idea before even spending your time, your money, or your energy on it, and how to make yourself stand out when you do go for it. So let's jump in because there's a ton of info packed into this one. Whether you're determined to build your dream business, to become a better communicator, to create the leverage in your life, to connect with yourself, to become more purposeful, to master your schedule, to quit your job, to travel to Europe, no matter what the goal is that drives you, this is the show for you. This is a space where we can transparently talk about all the things you're determined to accomplish or improve in your life and bring you the tactical tips and strategies to help get you to that next level. My name is Jamie Milam and I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and like you, I dream big. I rebuilt my life out of a single Rubbermaid storage tote when I became a mother and today I am living my life by designing it in alignment with my goals. Recently divorced and back to being a single mom and simultaneously running multiple businesses, I know that I can figure anything out when I am determined. With the right resources, determination, and motivation, I believe you can make your dreams and goals a reality. This is Determined AF. Welcome back to Determined AF. Since I'm always looking for ways to bring you guests who can help you in these first years of your business, I thought it'd be appropriate to have a chat with Alyssa Marshall today. Alyssa faced frustrations with tech back when she moved into the online business space, specifically when it came to the complexity of creating a course that seamlessly integrates with your existing website and knowing that there must be an easier way she and her partner ended up developing their own custom course platform called Owlish. So Alyssa has become more than familiar with the art, the application of, and the actual launching of online courses, which I'm sure several of you are about to be picking up your pen, taking some notes. So thank you for being here today, Alyssa. I appreciate this. Thank you for the lovely intro, Jamie, and for having me on your show. I am so excited today. Same, same. I know that everybody's going to be taking tons of notes and coming back and hitting replay because there's going to be so many great nuggets dropping in here. So I, I got really excited about this conversation because I think in a world of online marketing and social media curation, it can be difficult for newer entrepreneurs to figure out the right course for their business if that's something that they're wanting to offer. And I would say that the majority of listeners see the benefit in offering mm -hmm. a course that runs like a well-oiled machine, especially one that's in high demand, but identifying that signature course might be a struggle for them. So I know that as a visionary myself and several people that I know, they have tons of ideas running through their head. So I kind of just wanted to dive right in from you first and ask maybe how, how can we determine even if we should start with offering courses in our business? That is a huge and wonderful question. It depends on the business you want. I got I to gotta start really there, right? Oftentimes the entrepreneurs that I see get into online courses are people that worked first with clients one-on-one. -on -one. And whether they are 
overbooked and oversaturated with clients and they're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I got to find another revenue stream and a way to share, share me with my clients with spending less time. Or it is some people are like, they just know that that's what they want to do before they even start. They would, I have friends like this even here where they don't want to work with clients one-on-one. They don't really have that building phase, but they know that what they want their work to be is to be an online course kind of person teaching whatever subject it is that they are good at. And so they just start with courses to start with. I think if you're teaching somebody something, then you have a course in you, whether you really crystallize it in that way or not. And it can take a while for newer coaches to be like, okay, what exactly is my course? And you do not have to force or rush that formulation of a course bubbling up in you. It will come when you've worked with enough clients and let that work with clients show you the connections and all the ways in which you're helping clients. And at a point you just realize like, oh, I say this all of the time, or ah, I think there is a way to deliver massive value to my audience without me needing to be on a one-on-one call or even a group live coaching call. Because if you could, if you're saying the thing, like, just record it. (laughs) They can listen to it when it's convenient for them. They don't have to be live there with you and pay for your live fee in that way either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're saying the same things on repeat, right? I mean, you can even automate your onboarding with a one-on-one client, you know, with some pre-recorded videos. That is something that I love, like anything to make things easier. Usually like coaching onboarding, there's a checklist, right? Mm -hmm. And like all these forms to sign and these things to go through, but just a very simple course. It's, It's a course, right? But it's a course on how to work with you and what to expect that outlines everything that shows you, hey, these are all the documents. This means this and that means that. And it's in an online course format. It just looks really professional and it will add so much credibility to you. And the whole thing about buyer's remorse is very real. Some people will be like, okay, I made the right choice and be very comfortable with that. But some people are like, oh, I just dropped the big dough. Was that a mistake? I hope it was not a mistake. I hope she really is, you know, what I think she is and she's going to help me. But if you get in there right at that time where buyer's remorse can hit them with a very professionally presented, well thought out, like leading them on with to proper onboarding, it will enhance their experience and trust in you greatly. Mm, I love this. I'm going to actually pause for a second because this was not anticipated to come up for me in this conversation, but my brain sort of works in a way that I can see all the different potentials for the strategy. And I don't know if you guys are catching what Alyssa is saying, but she's saying that even as a part of your onboarding process with your one-on-one clients, there is a way to create a quote unquote course that is taking your client's through many, many little, and I'm saying many modules to say, here's what your onboarding process is going to look like. Here's what it's going to be like working with me. Here's the next step, so on and so forth. You could even create an, a hyper mini course in advance to say, want to know what it would be like working one-on-one with me. And then they get to watch that freebie. So that way they can then know what to expect and you know, hopefully eliminate that buyer's remorse. 
like Alyssa is saying. So Alyssa, let's just say that, okay, so somebody is working with one-on-ones or, you know, they have this vision that they do want to integrate courses into their offers. Oftentimes I think we start to believe that we need to have the signature course, this thing that's going to run on autopilot, that's in high demand. How do we figure out, yeah, we're ready to do our signature course. Okay. So if this is your very, very first course and you are pretty early on in the journey, then I must say signature courses are beautiful and they will come with time, but perhaps dabble around in courses and getting intimate with your audience a little bit more with mini courses first. And I say this as somebody, as a course creator that made this exact mistake, my very first course was a signature course. It was a flagship course. And looking back, if I change one thing on my own online course journey, it would be that because of how hard it was. It was so very hard. Flagship courses take so much planning to do. I, I'm under the impression that the more you work with your clientele and teaching the material that you teach, you refine your teaching system, if you will. You figure out better ways to present and relate things to your audience. And that is extremely invaluable. Start with a mini course. And I say mini in that like it should be small. It should be very easy to articulate the promise of the course. And the content of it should not take, if you were teaching this in person to somebody, it shouldn't take you more than two hours to deliver, but it has to be concise and to the point for one specific promise. For example, instead of putting together a whole like personal fitness online course in terms of like how to work out every part of your body, do one on just the triceps, just one like how to get amazing triceps. And you should be able to go through that fairly quickly, but also because the promise is just so very clear, it's much easier to sell when you don't have a giant audience already. People are much more likely to gonna trust you with a very small specific promise like that versus get your entire body toned because there's so many people in that space. But if you dial it down to the smallest deliverable, the smallest promise, it is so specific. And even though, yeah, like your flagship course would cover the triceps, of course it would, but it's an easier place to start. And also it's an easier place to build an audience too. They like your tricep course. They got a quick win because they didn't have to sit in front of the computer for 20 hours and however long it takes to digest all of the things. And people are not that their attention span isn't that great. So instead of thinking of it as, well, why do I want to have like a, a little itty bitty course? Like, no, it's actually really good because you're giving the person that bought the course a quick win, something simple and very visible result. That should be your goal with this thing. And if you don't have much of an audience yet, then just give it away for free. Use it as a audience builder, as an opt-in gift versus trying to make money off of it. You will be able to build your audience with people that trust you. Like you would have built up so much trust with them because think about it, you can put together a PDF, but you don't get your personality through in a PDF. Like, I mean, you can a little bit with a text and some design elements, but really, can you beat having a camera on and just being like, hey, I'm Alyssa, like that's different. It's much more intimate. And that is what I would 
want people to be utilizing in building a strong audience base that is into them, that is loyal to them. And yeah, you do the triceps, next you do the biceps and you send out the email to everybody that bought the tricep course. And if you did a good job delivering and promising on your triceps course, then you're gonna have a pretty good outcome with your biceps course. And then as you gather these little courses, there are softwares that make it easier for you to, let's say, cross sell or upsell or do all these things, or you can bundle them together. You can run all kinds of marketing things with three to four little mini courses. It doesn't have to be like, oh, it's actually easier than just having one gigantic flagship course to do all these fun marketing ploys and you, and you learn how to do these things. And at a certain point, you're like, yep, now people are asking me about a full body thing. They're not asking me about arms anymore. Okay, and I got a sizable audience. I think it's time for, for a flagship course. And you've have been on training wheels long enough that you would have clarity in terms of what your audience wants from you. And that is so very important because if you work on a course and nobody actually wants it, oh God, that heartache is, it's, it's real. And you really do not have to go through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this because what she's saying, you guys, is if you start with the little things, because again, as a visionary, what happens is we see all the little aspects and segments that we can add value in with this overall, like we want to teach them this whole thing. We want to provide this entire transformation. But if we start small and break it down, then we can see, okay, is this what our audience is liking? You know, maybe you even throw out a mini course on nutrition, right? Or a diet plan. And then you find out that everybody loves the diet plan aspect and not so much the triceps. Now we know where the audience is wanting to go and how they want to transform in into their overall fitness transformation, for example, right? And so now we start to gather that market research, that data that tells us this is what we need to incorporate more of. And if you're strategic in the very beginning, you may be creating these mini courses to where they're evergreen. So then you can even end up bundling them, using them as the lead magnet. So then you can upsell into that signature course. And I think that this is applicable to either a mini course or a signature course, Alyssa. But since we are kind of going in with starting in these baby steps, once we've made the decision that we want to put together, you know, a mini course with a few modules, how do we truly validate a course idea before we spend the time, the money, or the energy into actually creating it and creating the copy on it? Because I would imagine some market research would be involved so how can we start there? I would turn to your audience first, even if your audience is small, because your audience is there following you because there's something about you that they liked, something from you that they wanted to learn. They don't just follow everybody, right? I would absolutely start from there. And you can just shoot out an email. You don't even have to really refine, but what that email would be is just, hey, I'm thinking about creating a course I would love your help in deciding the topic. Here are three possible course ideas. Does it sound interesting to you? And if so, which one? You can just make it into a, you know, a text email, or if you want to, you can do like a Google form thing so they can see the results if your audience is big enough. And if it's not giant, just, just make it so that they just be like, hey, hit respond and let me know which one you would like. That would be my very, very first step. Now, if outside of that, 
places that I would go to, actually the first one would be YouTube. You can do kind of like a keyword research and it's free. But if you, let's say, go for, start typing in, let's say nutrition, workout, I don't know, like toning your body, something like that, YouTube will autofill and give you some keyword suggestions. And you can take that to other platforms like Ubersuggest or SEM Rush. Now it's kind of getting a little bit more technical, but if you put in those words inside that platform, they will show you how many Google searches in general they're getting. But I do like to start from YouTube because online courses being a visual platform, it kind of makes more sense. Like they would be searching for this inside YouTube versus inside Google as, as their starting point if they wanted to learn how to do this thing where they're more likely to, let's say, purchase an online course versus purchasing an ebook around it. So if we're in YouTube and we do a search, like you said, like the nutrition fitness plan or whatever. Am I hearing you to say that we're looking to see if this is a already a searchable thing, that there's a lot of hits for that, because that tells us that people are Googling it. They're looking for the information and YouTube is free information for them. So we know that they're looking for it. Right. And then potentially if we want to know, okay, let's take it one step further. Are they looking for courses on this or, you know, their own customized one-on-one, you know, plan or whatever, then they could even go into Google and do a search for that. The, the Uber, the SEO site is telling us how many searches, um, Mm -hmm. in a given period of time, people are looking for based on the keywords that you put in. Right. Exactly. And they would also give you some adjacent keywords to consider. It's, It's very comprehensive. Right. Okay. Yeah. So with a product or an offer that has several search results, the the mindset could be, oh, well, if there's this many, I'm going to get lost in the mix, right? Because you would almost think counterintuitively that if your search doesn't produce results, well, bingo, we found that missing piece that everybody needs. Oh my gosh, this isn't (laughs) out there. It doesn't exist. And we need to create it kind of even like owlish, right? Like, so there are some things, the difference being owlish, we know that there are course creating platforms you were just looking for a more user-friendly one, right? Um, Yes. But it does make sense that, you know, if it's not popping up in the keyword searches, then it may not actually be a needed or a desired offer, product, service, you know, by the masses, right? So to adjust that mindset of, well, there's so many, we're going to get lost in the mix. What are some ways that you can make your positioning stand out? That is where being specific really shines. And you're certainly right. Most anything that is worth doing, it's going to have a lot of competition and you will get lost in the mix, especially with more experienced people that already have a big following. They've established themselves. They've already been working on in this niche for a much longer time than you. That does not mean that there's not room for you. But if you try to go head to head against that with like a whole body training regime, then good luck. And that's where I say you always go very, very specific. And if you want to test some ideas, you have to start building an audience so that you have a base of people that love you, that trust you, and that will buy things from you. If you do not have that, that should be your first and foremost priority before you work on an online course or before anything else. You build an audience, you nurture them, you have to put in a lot of goodwill to that audience 
so that they build the trust with you. No like and trust has to happen before a sale happens. You have to have you have to start small and asking for a smaller dollar amount. So like instead of going for a thousand dollars for your full body training course, asking for $37 for a triceps course is a lot easier for somebody to pull out their credit card. And, you know, there's like that threshold of how much they're willing to kind of gamble with. And that's going to be different depending on your industry, especially when you're in the audience building phase. It has to be easy enough of a purchase for, for them, if not free as a audience building tool. Yeah. I always like to say too, that there is enough room out there for everybody, because here's the thing you guys is think about the number of people that is in this world. And when you are in an online business, you're in, you have the entire online space, right? It takes such a sliver, not even quite the sliver of number of sales to help you meet your goal. I mean, it's so doable. It's so doable. So of all the people out there in the world, there's only one you, only one of you that has your experiences, that has your failing forward learning experiences. So the things that you've trialed and erred, you know, the different conversations that have contributed to your skill set and your own transformation. So when you incorporate your transformation or the transformations that you've seen others that you've worked with already, that can help you position so that you don't get lost in the mix, right? Exactly. And it is so very true that you see all these like advanced fitness coaches, for instance, but it has been so long since they were a newbie in the fitness world that honestly, if I were starting out uh, trying to get into shape, I would be very intimidated by their perfect six pack abs. Be like, you did not develop that overnight. And I don't know. It's just, it just seems so far away from me versus somebody that's just a couple steps ahead of me. It just feels a lot more doable, a, a lot more closer and a, a more attainable of a goal. And so it's easy to develop this kind of imposter syndrome, like, oh, nobody's going to want to listen to me or something like that. But as Jamie said, you just need a sliver of a sliver of a sliver of the everybody that's interested in getting into shape. You do not need much. And just like you have your group of friends, it's like your personality. It just clicks with a certain type of person and you just need to find that uh, in, in the online world. And it is very, very doable. Absolutely. So I've heard that whenever you're getting ready to, and again, whether it's a mini course or a flagship, either way, we hear often that we should aim to pre-sell our course before we actually spend the time to create it, right? So can we kind of walk through what some of those steps might be that can improve the success of the course? You know, maybe start with what some of those methods for pre-selling looks like. For sure. That's something that I'm a huge advocate for. Even when you thought you validated your course idea and did all the things, you have your audience and you think you know what your course should be about, please do not build it before you tried to sell it. And this is not just for sales purposes, by the way. This is not just insurance to make sure that your effort is actually worth it. This also helps you really clarify the the message and it will help you make a better course if you create the sales page first kind of like i don't know if you know jeff bezos um makes everybody that has a new idea for amazon write a press release first he doesn't listen to pitches he has people write a press release and then he reads that and then he will talk to you about 
your idea. So it really is clarifying to go through this like whole selling process. But what you're basically doing is kind of writing a a sales page, if you will. But I'm not asking you to pretend to have created the course. You can be completely honest in that sales page and say, hey, this course is coming. And I would definitely give a date, right? So maybe like a month from now, it will be released on this date. If you purchase it now versus waiting until it's been released, you get a 50% discount. Now that's a really good motivation for somebody that would be interested in it to prepay up. And you see the number of sales that come in to determine whether this is even worth your effort or not. And if it isn't, you just send them an email with an apology with a refund and be like, hey, I did not get the number of sales that I needed to make this work for this course. Uh, I will could be working on other things. Thank you for supporting me. And yeah, but if there's anything else you want to hear from me, let me know. Whatever that message may be, you can be extremely authentic and non-sleazy. Uh, this is like something that people worry about a lot in terms of sales is like, oh, I don't want to sell. I don't want to come across sleazy. It's not. It's just letting them know, hey, I have this thing because they should already know that you're an expert in whatever domain you're an expert in. This is my thing. I'm thinking about doing this. Should I do it or not? Like, what do you think? Would you put your money behind this? And if you get that, then there is, is you got a deadline now because you made a promise and you made sales. Now you know that mm -hmm, it's going to be worth mm -hmm. your time. So we often see these freebie lead magnets. I'll call them a lead magnet because that's technically what they are, right? So it might be a masterclass or a webinar, sometimes like three-day challenges. You know, I see a lot of these where you can jump on, do like a live presentation with, you know, a few slides or something kind of amping up and revving up what this course would be about, what this mini course would be. Um, and so would you say that that is, you know, the most common methods for pre-selling? Cause I heard you say kind of like a sales page, but also if we just throw out a sales page and, Hey, are you guys interested in this and try to take their money and they don't really know the value that they're going to get out of it. You know, that might be a little different. Um, it can work if you've got a really big audience and it's concise, but if you're still in that newer space and you're exploring, does this sound like something that they would want? Are there any other methods that you can think of aside from, you know, a webinar or a masterclass or, you know, a little mini, you know, challenge? You just hit it on the head, Jamie. Um, webinars are amazing. If you can do them live, the better. Just there's just something about live, right? And uh, delivering the content live with audience there, even if it's just a few people really helps you also refine your delivery skills for the webinar itself. Every time you do it, you'll find yourself getting better at it. And then once you get better at it, you can record one and make it evergreen and make it a recording and all that stuff. It's, it's easy to kind of fall into these, like hearing these advice and saying like, oh, you need to do this way. And this is the only way, or this is the path, but really it needs to fit you. You are going to drop it. Like if you told me, to make my business successful, I had to be on TikTok. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it for three days, no more, because that's not my thing. I don't like to do that. And so, whatever direction that you decide to go, you will be able to do well in it if you are able to stay consistent there. And honestly, like I have some sales pages that is only text, some sales pages that are barely any text and just a gigantic prominent video and a combination of both usually is a combination of both but you know the in terms of like oh does it, it need to be like a text heavy or image heavy or a media 
it doesn't matter, especially at a lower price point. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just do something. Yeah. I, I love, 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 love that you just said that because I've been having several conversations lately in connections with not wanting to build a business, you know, on a large Facebook or Instagram platform. And what you're saying is there is more than one way to do this, you guys. And, and I love that she brought this up because I'm the same. If you told me that I had to build my business on TikTok, I'm like, forget it. I'm out. I guess I'm not going to be a good business owner. And there are people that are doing, uh, creating businesses and creating a really great community and strong audience through maybe their Facebook group or even their Instagram presence. And that is phenomenal. It doesn't mean that it's for everybody. Some people could do really, really well with a LinkedIn strategy, depending on their target audience. You might do really well on Pinterest. Maybe you have a massive email list as it is and a sales page with great and concise copy and this pre-recorded video might be the thing that actually converts. There's multiple ways to do this. And what she's saying is that if you were to use a webinar masterclass or a three-day challenge, or if you had a sales page with a video on it and you sent that out, Who knows, maybe the email blast alone is quote unquote, your sales page with a click here button to register. And she's saying that once you have them registered in for the webinar, and I'm going to touch on this really quickly, that if you are going to do a live presentation, there is a way for you to give great value and not the entire class, right? If you want to learn five ways that you can X, Y, Z, then you lay out those five things very briefly, and then you tell them that in this course, then you would be able to get all the full details, my daily system for the plan, so on and so forth, right? So you're setting up the funnel for them as to why they would want to take the course, but knowing that they also walked away with some free value, even if that's the only thing that they did. You are not going into a live webinar or masterclass just to sell and pitch. You are still giving value. Once you have them in that masterclass or the webinar or the three-day challenge, then you can pre-sell them at a discount. If you heard her earlier, she said, if you sign up today, you're giving them a deadline, you're creating urgency. If you sign up today, you will get 50% off of this course so that you already secured your spot for when it launches on XYZ date and maybe make that XYZ date two weeks from now, four weeks from now, whatever. And then I think the other piece that I heard you say, um, so let me go back, right? Because I did a small little tangent here on how we can actually create a webinar and masterclass and what type of value we're giving. But also, I just want you guys to recognize that you don't have to plan to do it just the same way that everybody else is doing it. If creating a Facebook group and staying, you know, really engaged in it is not your thing, then don't build your foundation there. There are other ways to build businesses. There are other ways to build your business. Okay. So thank you for saying that. Seriously. Don't try to be everywhere. Um, I do not like the advice of be everywhere. I don't think you should try. I think it is too much. If you actually look at the people that are everywhere, yes, you can smartly repurpose content and do that, but they Mm -hmm. usually have a team behind them. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) they're not doing that on their own. So don't look at some big influencer that's 
on Instagram and on Facebook and on TikTok and doing all these things and be like, I need to be like that person because you don't have the same team and support behind you. But mm -hmm. just get better at one platform that you are already on, that you love. What do you find more engaging? And that's the platform to start. Don't even overthink it. Mm -hmm. Whatever platform you choose, there are enough people for you on that platform. Don't worry about it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It, you're not only validating your audience, you guys, you're thinking about who are they? How did they search? Where are they hanging out? But also where am I hanging out? What feels authentic to me? What is sustainable for me and my business? If I were to only stick with one space that I'm going to master, what space is going to take my energy in a really good way and not drain me and not make me feel shame or pressure, but Instead, that it's easy. Now I say it's easy. It doesn't mean that it doesn't take work. It's easy for you to do because you are energetically, you know, filled up when you're in that space. So those two things really do go hand in hand. And then what Alyssa is saying is you pre-sell it, create some urgency. And I'm glad that you mentioned this because I was going to ask, you know, when people say pre-sell it, and if I don't get X amount of signups, so maybe it's, I don't, if I don't and you're telling yourself this, you're not putting it on your sales page, but you're saying like, I need to have 20 signups in order to go ahead and create this course. Now, if you get 18, you might go ahead and do it. If you get two, that's probably not the right thing. And I'm glad that you mentioned that you can straight up tell them, create transparency, setting expectations, reduces frustrations, letting them know that this is not an instant download, but that the course will become available on such and such date. You know, we're pre-selling the course now. And you said that if we don't fill up those 20 spots, we'll say, or close enough to it, and you had people prepay, y'all aren't going to go and spend that money and put it in the bank. Oh, um, please don't do that. Fund them, right? Is what <laughs> she's saying that you can refund them and say, thank you so much for your support. I'm glad that this was a topic you know, of consideration for you. And I'm really hoping to incorporate it down the road. However, I didn't have enough of the pre-sales in order to go ahead and move forward with creating this entire course. I will be happy to keep you updated. And in the meantime, please feel free to check out my blog article or, you know what, just go do another video that you can expand on it. Or if you've got a podcast, go do a podcast where you can expand on it just a little bit further and point them in the direction of that for those two people, because now you will generate more of a relationship and you will generate more like, know, and trust with those two that were interested in that course and you give them their money back. So they didn't feel like you were bait and switching, right? So I think that that's a really big thing. The other piece of this too is be strategic in giving yourself the time that it's going to take for you to create your course from whenever you're pre-selling webinar or whatever that looks like is to the time that you're actually going to live launch it. Give yourself to pre-record it. You don't need to pre-record your webinar or your masterclass or your three-day challenge if you're going to go live with it. However, I do recommend that you record it anyway so that you can go back and watch what went well? What was the engagement like? What do I want to retake? Or if it went really well and seamless, well, cool. Now you can potentially just use this replay as a lead magnet down the road. So definitely record your live presentations. Doesn't necessarily mean that you will always use that and package it, but you can if it went really seamless. Um, I absolutely then, love that. And also if 
because it is your very first course and if it's just so much, let's say you feel a lot of pressure, let, let's just say you made the pre-sales and if you feel a block in the process of recording this actual course to deliver it to them, just do it live. That's also okay too. And they don't all have to be able to come to your live thing. You'll just give them the recording to whoever couldn't make it, but it's just a way to ensure that you've delivered what you said you would deliver. And as you do it live, you'll have all these ideas of like, oh, I should do this better. You can redo it to refine it. If you've gone through this process of validating the idea and pre-selling it, that means that that topic is worth your time. Absolutely. I think that that's, that's the wise thing to do. If, if you feel pressured or you feel intimidated by, you know, pre-recording and you just keep find yourself like you stop and you keep recording over and over because you're trying to aim for perfection, go live with it because then people are going to see you're authentic. They're going to see you being a human being. They can trust you a little bit more. They'll get to know you a little bit more. And so I think that going live is a great way if that pressure is there around, you know, the pre-recording. Let me ask Alyssa, for anyone who's determined to succeed in their online business with having online courses, what's the one thing that they can do today to kind of identify um, what that first little launch should be, what that first little mini course should be on their way to their signature course. Go back to the content you have already shared, whether it is Facebook or YouTube or your blog, and look at where you got the most engagement, the most traffic or the most whatever it is, the most comments, what really resonated? What is your piece of content that people came for? That's probably a good place to start thinking about in terms of what this first course should be about, because they're already finding you for this reason and they're coming back to your blog post to learn and to reread it this little topic that you've had so it might not be what you thought because that happens a lot right you create content and you think you put all this work behind one content and think this is going to be the one and then there's another topic where you just kind of casually write and the one that performs better is the one that you casually wrote not the one that you had planned for it's a it's a dance you have to let the audience show you possibilities and then you have to also stand in your integrity stay grounded and be like this direction yep i jive with that too that direction but if you want to figure out where to start i would certainly just go back and look at the past content and see what did well what resonated. that is such great advice such great advice that is definitely something that each and every one of you listening can go and do today figure out where people are engaging with you the most, what they messaged you and said that they got the best value from, you know, the things that are getting responses from your emails. That is great advice, Alyssa. I love that. You guys, Alyssa has Owlish, which is this course creating platform, super simple to use. And she's offering you two months free. And so I'm going to plug that down into the show notes so that you guys can use that link to access that freebie. Um, but Alyssa, tell us a little bit more about where else can we find you? Uh, yes. So I am behind the inbox of Owlish. The company is, it's a small company and I'm right there. So you can pretend you're just emailing me personally. If you, if you wanted to connect with me, I would love that as well. Yeah, I think that's great too, because if you guys have questions about what the platform can do for you, maybe how it is adding a benefit different than some of the more expensive things that you guys have been seeing or the platforms that require that you have you know, multiple plugins and different sites and you're clicking back and forth. I know that you all love all-in-one technology. And so utilize her email, send her a message, ask her the questions and 
think of this as you connecting with a one-on-one service provider. Thank you so much for all the great tips that you've given in terms of how we can get started with these online courses. I think everybody has something that they can walk away with, you know, with those ideas that they have and how to validate them. So thank you for your time today. And again, you guys, I'm going to plug that in down in the show notes and uh, we'll see you next week.